Welcome to Freedom Cast. This podcast was started by a dude buying and selling fitness equipment in his backyard. In less than a year, I quit my Fortune 100 job and started a fitness empire. I now interview business owners who have built businesses around helping others get healthy and active. It's fun, it's entertaining, it's informative. It's what fitness should be. Freedom Cast is brought to you by Freedom Fitness Equipment in Charlotte, North Carolina. Let's get rolling. Um, how did it all get started anyway? Um, the biggest thing, I mean, if I think back to it, I remember I was in school. I was at University of Georgia. Not sure exactly what I wanted to do. Um, was between a couple of things, and then, you know, my parents, were, my mom's like, well, you love martial arts, you love training, you love working out, mm-hmm. why don't you go into, like, physical therapy or something, you know, as far as, you know, and that made sense, and for me being kind of an aimless, you know, 20-something-year-old, sure, whatever, I'm just going to go <laughs> to college and see what happens, you know, in the meantime, have as much fun as I can, I don't know if you've ever heard of what happens at UGA, but it's a pretty awesome party school, so I was like, sure, um, but again, I, I kind of went that track. I actually took some Japanese classes, too, because I thought maybe that might, you know, martial arts. I thought the culture, I thought that might be fun. Um, travel, that type of thing. I know there were some programs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more I got into exercise science, you know, you're in there with pre-physical therapy people. Again, this is like late 90s to two, I graduated around 2000, 2001. Um, physical therapy was a very, very competitive, it still is, very mm-hmm. competitive field. And I'm in there with a lot of pre-med and, and uh, pre-physical therapy people and athletic training. Um, not taking my cl- classes that seriously, you know, passing, doing okay, but none of these professors were looking at me and saying, oh, that's grad student material. Um, I'm just happy to be passing and doing okay, like passing by the skin of my teeth sometimes. <laughs> but uh, also during this time at the university, I had started, I'd started martial arts when I was relatively young. It was a big part of my life. It actually got me in pretty good shape. And when I got to college, I was already a black belt in Taekwondo. I thought I was like a badass, all these little things. I was like, oh, okay. And I joined the karate club, which was actually a Taekwondo club. And I worked out with them. So I was actually an, instru- an, an assistant instructor with that group. I actually taught, class- I taught uh, recreational classes at the student center. And so it was a big part of, you know, martial arts was a big part of it. I kind of started looking at exercise science. Wow, it's really cool. I understand the whole science behind everything. Um, And then I got into, I met up with a group of guys that were, you know, basically doing what was pre, what was the, uh, you know, the predecessor to what most modern MMA is at this point. They're studying Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We were learning boxing. Uh, I mean, this is like, this is like, like, you know, I hate to age myself this way, but this is like right around UFC one. Okay. You know, they just had UFC 259. Dang. So this is UFC one and two and wow. all, you know, one that was actually fought here in Charlotte. I think it was UFC two. Okay. Um, and so I'm training, I'm, you know, I'm, I get into, uh, you know, I've always been into martial arts. I get in more into the full contact competitive boxing, kickboxing. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a Muay Thai coach. I got into that competitively. And then I get into, we get into jujitsu and we're training. I kind of start to shy away a little bit more from the traditional styles and start getting in my head. Maybe I want to be a fighter. This will be really, really cool. I always, you know, I kind of get into that. I like the full contact, you know, um, my brother's funny. He always wondered why I got into it. I have an older brother. He's eight years older than I am. 
And I always tell him it's his fault because he never beat me up enough. So I never felt like I was, I could handle myself if things came down to the wire. So I got into martial arts. I made sure I could, I, I tried to make sure beyond a reasonable doubt that I could. And then even when I was a black belt and I was a high school and then early college, I thought I was a badass. I actually entered a tough man competition, which is all boxing. Oh, wow. And it was pretty popular. And I proceeded to get my ass handed to me by somebody who knew how to box a little bit. Oh, and I was like, wow, you know, I don't know this. And my mentality was a little bit, well, if I don't know it, I better learn it. So I found the boxing coach that was actually helping run that, run that tough man competition, got into boxing. And then we, you know, again, my friends, we were training in Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. And then, you know, we were watching the UFC, but then back then pride fighting championship was a big thing out of Japan. So that was where the, like some of the top MM got, MMA guys were. And it kind of fueled that fire. Like, all right, I'm almost done with this school thing. And that's, um, you know, my, my, fa my parents are Filipino. They're very set on your finishing college no matter what. You have no choice. <laughs> and so I said, all right, I finished college. I got my degree in exercise science um, with absolutely no intention of going to PT school because I was like, there's no way, unless I went to the Caribbean or something like that, like what med students do when they can't get into med school <laughs> here, they go to the Caribbean. Um, unless I did something like that, I was sure as hell not getting into any program. So I decided, all right, get into training, get into fighting. Fought for a few years, had a lot of fun. Amateurs, pros, both Muay Thai, MMA, um, mm. some not so official boxing and, you know, non-sanctioned boxing, but had a lot of fun with it, loved it, and when it had kind of run its course, I've suffered a few big injuries, a couple of knockouts along the way, you realize, all right, well, I'm not going to be the middle, I'm not going to be the welterweight world champion one day, so <clears throat> fortunately, you know, my parents made me finish college, which I did, and I had a lot of different options coming out, and along the way, what I also, what I started to understand was, like, I really enjoyed coaching people. Mm. Um, I started coaching people from the time I was 16 at a taekwondo school, and I really enjoyed, I worked with kids, I worked with adults, and then through college, again, instructing, coaching a lot, and then the more I trained in mixed martial arts, MMA, I really liked working with the new people, getting them started, getting them into it, and uh, right as I was about to try to figure out what was going on, a friend of mine um, this guy Jeff, he he would just gra he graduated recently, and he was actually a director at a personal training company in Atlanta. And he was, but he was from At he was in Athens. He'd gone to UGA. We talked a little bit, and he was like, you know, I'm looking for trainers to, you know, work this one area in Atlanta. Would you be willing to check it out, move? And it was kind of my time to get out of Athens, get away from fighting a little bit. I knew I would probably keep fighting if I was around that environment because I just loved it so much. It was part of what I was, but I knew in my head, oh, it's time to step away and move on to the next phase of my life. And so I moved to Atlanta and I started personal training out there. Loved the training. Um, the company was pretty cool. Everything was good. Hated Atlanta. Uh, didn't realize that was not where I wanted to stay for any amount of time. And from there, but realized like, wow, this personal training thing's a lot of fun. I really like it, I really enjoy it. Uh, I love helping people get in shape. I like seeing progress. Like when I coach people, and again, when I was coaching fighters along the way, it was something that was really neat to me. And I, and I got a lot of enjoyment from it. And I just, you know, it's like, you know, this is something I gotta keep going with because it's something I'm really passionate about. To see someone make a lot of progress made me feel really, really good. And whether it was in their fitness, whether it was in their, whether it was in their, uh, 
you know, their skills, you know, what they were learning how to do. So that was, you know, that was, that's how kind of I got into training. And I worked, I actually moved to Charlotte here in, I was in Atlanta and then eventually moved to Charlotte in about 2000, 2006, 2007. Okay. Um, my parents lived here and does my, as does my brother, mm-hmm. um, had a business, uh, making and delivering sushi for multiple areas around here. So I helped her do that, you know, just kind of getting my footing while I was staying with them. And then I ended up at, there's a club, um, Charlotte Athletic Club, which is right in uptown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it, it was called something else, different under different ownership at the time. But I walked through and the uh, fitness director there saw me walking through that, under, that Overstreet Mall in uptown and asked me, hey, you want you need a gym membership you're looking for this i was like well and i looked at it i was like well actually i'm a trainer and i'm actually i would really like to see if you have any job openings and she's like oh great well here's my email send me your resume well i have an exercise science degree i had gotten my uh, cscs from the nsca which is something where you need a degree to get it and you know a few weeks later she calls me back and says hey you know why don't you come in and interview and i started training there and when that first opened up and it was a great gym got a lot of great clients some I still train to this day (laughs) so uh and you know a lot of contacts I made and that was kind of the initial um part of my training Mm -hmm. I worked there long enough and obviously showed certain qualifications so they I eventually became a fitness director there so I went Mm -hmm. to from a trainer and then once that fitness director who had actually hired me on left they asked me to fill in the role and through kind of trial by fire I learned sales I learned how to talk to people you know get them interested and then uh, sell them training packages set them up with different trainers Uh, and it was it was great experience but I hated the hours I was keeping I was there all day Mm. and realized that now I'm not training as much I'm getting other people training clients but I'm not training as much and I'm doing all this admin office work and I started and it got into my head. I hate all of this stuff, but I'm doing it because I'm getting a salary and getting paid. But I'm also looking at some of the contracts for training that I'm selling, like especially some of the ones that I'm training, like stupid amounts of money. And I'm like, why don't I do this for myself if I'm going to be doing this? So that's where I started to branch out a little bit. I started doing a little bit of my own thing on the side, mm-hmm. started training out of another gym another trainer than I knew. And uh, then at one point, the uh, at Charlotte Athletic Club, was start, uh, the original owner decided to sell. It changed, uh, ownership, it changed ownership. And the new ownership came in. There were actually people that I had worked with, and some of them I actually hadn't trained before. <clears throat> and they looked at my hours. They said, it looks like you're starting to split your hours off. You're not here as often. And we just need a little bit more of a commitment from that. But the one of the new owners, he said, who was a very, you know, very successful entrepreneur at the time, he said, look, it looks like you're trying to do your own thing. He's like, we'd love to keep you and on. We think you're a great trainer, but this might be the move. You know, this might be the wow. time to make the move if you want to make it. You know, you've got we've got great staff. We've got trainers here. We'd love to keep you on. But, you know, it's not, it seems like this is what you want. So just go for it. Don't don't sit around and wait on it. And which was really cool for him to advise me that way. And I said, you're right. (laughs) That's absolutely the case. So I started training out of another running space, out of another gym with another trainer Mm -hmm. and uh, eventually built up my clientele. There was working out of there. We tried, we at first I was renting space and we tried a partnership. 
Um, if anybody's been part of a business partnership that was went not successful, that's pretty much what happened. Um, again, just learning by learning, learning by the, the mistakes we make, but uh, that's how it didn't work out long term. And so I kind of had to decide. I was put in a position where I was like, look, you know, when I what kept me from going out on my own and having the confidence in myself was pretty much now out of necessity, I gotta go and do this on my own. Cause I don't, honestly, I don't wanna have a partner in, in this situation right now. I, I just don't, it's not ideal. My, obviously I was very soured on partnerships at that point cause it didn't, it didn't end well. Hmm. So I was fortunately able to get out of it without too many repercussions and started doing my own thing. Started training out of a gym in Noda, the building which doesn't really exist anymore because they've torn everything down over there. Oh yeah, it was called Ultimate Gym at the time. Okay, <clears throat> I think they have it. They still they still exist. They're just in another spot. And then was given the opportunity out of the location we're at now to train out of there. You know, rent space, train out of there. Um, but I was given the opportunity to. They said, "What do we need in the space?" And I said, "Well, this is what I think would be really cool." And you know, the owner of the building said, that sounds great. And they own very successful businesses. They're like, sounds good to me. And they just started getting equipment. And they had a bunch of equipment that they had. And then they said, oh, should we get this? And I said, yeah, that would be great. And I would come forward with like, all right, well, this is more of an economical side. No, 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 just get the good stuff. <laughs> okay, <All right>. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So that's how we are where we are now. I mean, it's changed a little configurations. We've changed bays a couple of times, but mm -hmm. it still remained, you know, we're got a great space over it 200 Dalton Avenue and it's it's a it's you know we're you know still learning still under still talking you know trying to learn as much as I can try not to learn as much by mistake as I have in the past and you know but you know I'm again it's now you know I know that I can be successful as a trainer on my own now it's like right as a business owner as someone who's working with new trainers bringing trainer training trainers and personal trainers, can I be successful in the same way as far as coaching, as far as getting them to the right level, uh, building a team, and basically creating something that puts me on, pushes me on to the next part of my life, whatever that is. You know, I love training. Now I'm running a business, and you know, there's a lot of different places I I think there there are opportunities for. I'd like to be the I'd like this to be successful enough to springboard me to whatever the next thing might be. You yeah. know, like maybe that's real estate international real estate. I don't know I have a lot of different ideas now and it's kind of opened my eyes to be like all right well this is just one step this isn't the end all be all this is you know you know uh I just turned 44 I hope that I can't I you know there's still a lot left so I'm you don't look like that. 44 <laughs> holy cow I thought you were in your 30s <laughs> yeah that's insane so uh so hopefully that reflects in how much time I have left. Hopefully yeah. I have a lot more time and uh, a lot more opportunities to do things. So, um, but yeah, I, I that and I still love training. I still love working with people. Like I have specific things I really enjoy doing. Like when someone comes in, I want to learn self-defense, MMA, mm -hmm. mixed martial arts, uh, you know, Thai boxing, boxing even. It's like you know, that's a fun thing for me. You know, I don't I. I actually have to sit back sometimes and if it creeps into my head that oh I gotta go to work today, I have to kick myself in the ass and be like, you get to go teach people and do do the thing that you love to do day in and day out for money, for your living. It's like one, that's not really working. That's like living your dream. And two, you know, I meet the best I meet great people along the way. I made amazing friends along the way. You know, clients have become friends and um, and it's 
you know, I, I should, I'm incredibly, I feel like I'm incredibly lucky to be able to do what I do. So, you know, cause I listen to some people every day and they're, you know, whether it's their job, their career, their family situation, whatever it is, you know, people that make far more money than I'll ever make or people that have more, more things, but it seems like, you know, it, every day is a grind for them until they retire. And then what, I'm not sure what they're looking forward to once they're, <laughs> they, once they yeah. retire. Uh, so no, I, I feel incredibly fortunate to do what I do. I enjoy what I do. I have a lot of fun with it. Um, my favorite thing these days is learning new different, new ways to train people, more efficient ways to train people, things that integrate what I've learned as far as through martial arts and through, um, studying other training modalities. So, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm in a position I want, I would love to get to the point where maybe not doing as much training and just spending more time working, you know, obviously as this pandemic lift, you know, the restrictions lift traveling the country, traveling the world, working with people that have different ideas and being able to implement them into an effective training style. It's always evolving with us. We're always changing things. I'm always getting new stuff, uh, working with new coaches. And, you know, sometimes it's just an incremental change that makes things a little bit better. Sometimes it's something that overhauls how we think about things. And I don't feel that, you know, I think there's a lot, there's a lot, you know, there's sometimes there's, there's a goal and there's a lot of different ways to get there. And, you know, I like to, I like to figure out all the different ways and figure out, all right, which is the best way for this one person. It might be different for a person who's been sedentary most of their life. It might be different for a person who's been a high le- who's like a high level, either D1 level athlete or a professional athlete at one point. It might've been someone who was athletic all the way up to a certain point, And then for 20 years, they did nothing, you know, but that's still a different individual than the person who's never trained before. Uh, it's different for for males for females i work with kids i love working with younger kids you know because i know what i got out of martial arts and the confidence it gave me and especially through such a tumultuous time as being a teenager Mm -hmm. where everything's the everything's either the best thing that's ever happened or the worst thing in the world and i know it kind of balanced me out a little bit it helped me through those really tough times it gave me a it gave me the ability, especially after really hard workouts, especially in karate when I was younger, to say, okay, I thought this was the end of the world before session. Now afterwards, I'm totally cool with everything and I can handle this. So I think that, and I think that translates to a lot of different types of training. So yeah, that's like, in a nutshell, that's kind of the short story version nice. of it. And I, you know, I, I love what I do. I'm, I, I, every day I feel like I'm lucky that I get to do it. And I'm just trying to in all honesty, trying to get become a better business owner so I can mm-hmm. reach more people, train more good trainers, and grow our you know grow our company, grow our brand, and and you know see what's come, see what comes next and be excited about it. So that's awesome. Well, what is the next evolution in your mind of edge performance training? Is it you and a, a group of trainers actually getting national and either franchising or going to people as kind of a um, custom training program or are you guys are you trying to stay within the the charlotte area and then you're doing different things obviously as a business Um, owner i think a lot of it it comes down to you know i do want as far as growth i mean i'm not looking to go huge beyond charlotte at Mm -hmm. this point um if if i'm honest i'd like to have multiple locations in the like charlotte north lake all those different you know different areas but um you know I, I feel like a lot of times 
I'm so focused on the evolution and the change and the ch and the the development of the business that maybe I would like to get to the business to the point where I could have somebody that was like, all right, handling day to day, handling how the training program goes, and I'm kind of the R and D guy that just happens to be the one who started it all. But I'd like and and helps the evolution of it. Mm -hmm. um, as far as going national, as far as like, I'd like to have you know I want to where we're at now with our location, I like to have as many trainers as I can get our, you know, have our numbers set up. So like, all right, once I hit this point, we're looking for our own space or I'm looking to buy my own building. You know, I'm not big on renting space, but I do what I need to do. And I have a great place to do it right now. But if I can get to the point where I own my own building again, with that real estate thing in the back of my head, you know, owning dirt, owning a place that's important and then building from there. And you know, I think that's that's the biggest thing. And also being able to work with lots of different people. Um, you know, I, I have some coaches that love to work with athletes and I, and I encourage them to say, hey, you know, you work with a general population, but if you want to work with athletes, let me know who you want to talk to. You know, there's some great coaches out there that I've met along the way. Mm -hmm. So let me know and I'll, I'll pay for the cert, I'll pay for the training, I'll pay for the seminar, just mm -hmm. let me know what you want to do. So again, facilitating, facilitating growth and development, not just in my clients, but also a lot within my, a lot with my trainers and the people who are coming in. Um, got some really, really motivated and exciting trainers that are coming up. And if anything, I don't, you know, there's going to be times when we agree and disagree, but at least I want to point them in the right direction and say, all right, well, this is the way of thinking. And I feel like the evolution goes this way and you have at it. And let's see where you, th you think it's going or where it's headed, what the next move is. And if we disagree on stuff, it's like we can have, you know, we can have educated discussions on why I feel one way and they feel another. Maybe we come to an understanding. Maybe they're, they're, you know, our thought process is a little different. But, it, you know, like I said, it's all about growth and understanding and helping them become the best trainer they can be and then giving them the, uh, basically giving them the resources to do so. so. Nice. Yeah, it's a very different um, methodology, I would say, than a lot of personal training centers because you're actually investing the time and the energy not into the client base exclusively, but mm -hmm. into the person that actually is going to drive the results for the client, in this case, the trainer. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't heard that very much. It's usually, I got my certification, I'm doing my own thing, I've got my own you know, keep, keeping up with whatever the, the latest, you know, in training in this particular mm -hmm. area is. Yeah. And you're, you know, you work with the client and they'll get whatever results being gen pop, they will. Mm -hmm. But, um, like that's a, that's a very different, that's a, a much better dynamic in my mind. Cause mm -hmm. you're actually, so, so how, how do you stay current and how do you help the other trainers stay current? Like what, what kind of resources are you able to provide, but also, um, uh, with your own personal development in that space? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, again, it's just, you know, just like everybody else, I see cool stuff on YouTube. I look into it. Um, sometimes it's YouTube. Uh, sometimes it's working with different coaches, you know, knowing a coach and then them referring, hey, I worked with, you know, I worked with the guys at, um, you know, Ultimate Sandbag, DVRT, or I've worked with these guys. I think they're really cool. I worked with, uh, you know, in Kettlebells, I worked with, so and so, you know, and it, you know, I'm able to, you know, just through the network of coaches that I've gotten to know, I hear a lot of cool things. Like I went to a, uh, I went to a kettlebell um, certification up in New, New Jersey. Well, the reason I know that, tr that coach is because he did re some really interesting things with mace bells and, mm -hmm. and the way he impl implemented it, he had a cool thing on, 
um, Vivo. I, I got it. I learned a lot of the cool stuff. I got the cert. I went up there to get the certification, and then we become good friends. His name's Daniel Ramsey, and then you know I touch base with him every once in a while. He tells me when a really cool, uh, a really cool coach is coming through his place, whether it's. Uh, Rick Brown, who's like basically considered the godfather of Mace Bells here in the U.S. Not that that means anything to anybody, <laughs> but he, you know, for those of you who are into Mace Bells and that type of like that type of, uh, you know, different implement training, he's like, he, you know, I got to go and train with him and get certified under him. Um, the kettlebell guy, I keep forgetting his name now, but he's one of the top Gearboy guys in the states, and he did it. He did a certification up there as well, so I got to meet him. Nice and. You know, it's it it's through the networking, and then I'm also part of a number of masterminds with other fitness business owners here. So now that's like over a hundred coaches all over the U.S. and actually some overseas now that I can get. You know, I know they're great coaches, I know they're good people, and I know I value their opinions. So when someone says, "Hey, you gotta check this guy out. This this guy's got some really cool stuff." Uh, we find ourselves discussing more of the business side of things and how to run our business as well. Mm -hmm. But anything, anytime something comes up that's cool in training and all of us who like to geek out over like new types of training, we're like, Oh, that's so cool. Let's go check it out. I'm, you know, unfortunately I'm in the position where I have the means to be able to go and either attend a cool seminar for a weekend. Um, right before, right before, um, the pandemic, caused all the restrictions i had so many things on the books ready to go i was like nice. oh i'm gonna go this place now and then i'm gonna go here and then i'm gonna travel over here and travel the chain with these guys uh so I, that's where a lot of my you know that's where a lot of my motivation comes from and it's you know i and like i said i just find myself reading learning from new it's not always necessarily from just fitness guys you know a lot of you know life improvement type guys you know like you know like Anthony Robbins and people like mm -hmm. that, you start you start looking at how they motivate people, how they stay they stay motivated themselves, how they teach that to other people, um, talk to therapists and psychologists, and they understand. You know, there's a, you know I have friends who are who are physical therapists, and I talk to them about how they deal with their clients and how through specific policies they're only they they're they're taught to use very specific language when working with patience and I found that interesting but then they you know my a good my good friend Amanda she explained to me she's like well I can't say this to this patient the wrong way because I need them to stay motivated right and I need them to you know look at it a specific way and it helps the recovery and taking that into consideration understanding those things so it's not just in the world of fitness or personal training it also has a lot to do with has a lot to do with you know just other successful businesses you know to be a successful personal training gym, well, you have to take a, you have to take notes when it comes to when people in the hospitality business and very successful hospitality businesses like Zimmerman's, which is up in Minnesota, or different companies like that are super successful. You once you start getting into it, there it's the service they provide the customer. Mm -hmm. um, with a lot of our coaches, we talk about more business than anything because the underlying thing, the underlying. The baseline is we're all good coaches, we're all good trainers, we know how to get people in shape, but how you deliver that service and how people see it, that becomes more important because, you know, how you treat the customer, how they perceive your company, how they perceive the gym. Is it their third place to come to outside of home and work that they love to come to? Then if you create that type of environment for them, then they're never going to leave you. 
you know, they're, they're going to stay with you for as long as they can because all of a sudden you're part of their life. They're part of their every day. And that's what we always strive for. And we can always do it better. And, you know, we always, things might change. People have different ideas of how to, how to get people to recognize that. So that's our, that's the biggest part is, again, you're, are you, you're there, you know, and I'm just like anybody else. I've gotten complacent for a little while. Then I'm like, oh man, I got to get on this. Mm-hmm. It's just like with fitness. It's just like with health and everything like yeah. that. You, you hit, you hit a plateau for a little while, you drop off. And then all of a sudden, Hey, I got to get back on this because if I'm not moving forward, I'm moving backwards. So nice. Nice. Um, let me think here. So, um, what is the main, uh, what is your, how to describe this? Who do you take inspiration from in terms of training? Um, do you have a specific methodology that you follow with most gen pop or, um, I know it's, I know it's Mm -hmm. custom to each client based on what they need, but, uh, are there certain methodologies that, especially right now Mm -hmm. you're very much into and you take inspiration from, um, yeah, uh, one of the groups I actually got certified with, which I actually have to re-up because um, I wasn't able to do any of the virtual um, certifications, was Original Strength. Okay. And they're out of uh, Fuquay Verena. That's, uh, that's what the oh, name bots yeah. off of my head. Yep. Um, and Tim Anderson, um, Daniel Mito, they're all fantastic coaches. And I learned, you know, one of the things I loved about their method was, you know, their pr- their pr- their their theory and their idea, and I totally buy into it, is the idea that all humans understand how to move correctly. It's just that through bad habits, bad, you know, lack of movement, bad diet, all these things, we start to move incorrectly, and that tends to lead to a lot of the issues that people have later on, bad backs, bad shoulders. Mm -hmm. You know, we sit down far too much. We don't move enough. And so we start to lose the ability to move correctly. Um, and their point being, one of the things they bring to, as a as proof of the point is, you know, look at like, a, I don't know if you have any kids or not, but if you have like a two or a three year old and they go down to pick something up, they do the picture perfect squat and they've mm-hmm. never had a, they'd never had a coach in their life. They don't understand words that you're saying yet, but they're able to move perfectly. And so that, lends itself to the idea that inherently the way we learn how to move it's instinctive we we develop a very specific way in order to be able to move correctly and then at that age when we're actually become bipedal when we get off when we start just even before we start crawling we're breathing a certain way then we're moving a certain way and then once we start crawling we're crawling a specific way and then once we start crawling and we and and we start wanting to be more mobile, we go through these very specific movements that start to load our hips a certain way that allow us to become bipedal and be strong enough. And then when we are bipedal and we want to move, initially, you know, that's why that two or three year old has that perfect squat because they learned a very specific process of how to move. And then, but the great thing that I've seen and the way I've seen it in a number of the clients that I've worked with, and then it's actually part of our, uh, part of our, intro and assessment is when we reintroduce some of these movements like basic breathing like head nods where you're picking your head up and breathe where you're loading a breathing pattern or doing basically doing something while you're breathing correctly Mm -hmm. Uh, crawls very specific like rocking back and forth where you're in hands and knees and you're rocking back and forth all those things you know and i point them out especially people who are parents who had kids like oh yeah i remember when my baby did this i remember when they did this you know when we reintroduce it, there's almost immediately a result, like 
in that moment, there's a, like five seconds later, there's a result like they're either more, they, the muscles have loosened up and they're looser than they should be and we're not stretching them out any. They actually squat better. I had a girl once be like, that's the first time I ever did a push up, like a real push up. And it was just from breathing. It was just from a specific movement because all of those things, you know, facilitate better movement. And it's a big part of our warm up. And so now that we understand that, now that, you know, now we're able to introduce that, you know, as trainers, as a coach, I can sit there and cue somebody all day. All right, head up, shoulders back. All right, push your belly out, all those things. But we find the more we do these movements, these movements that, you know, that we learn, the ways that we learned how to move when we were, were, you know, infants and toddlers, the less I have to cue people, the more they instinctively move well. Hmm. And people grasp onto that very quickly. Um, it, you know, a lot of uh, coaches, myself included, are very, we use the functional movement screening. And that's developed by, you know, Gray Cook, absolute genius, amazing coach. Um, but when you start getting people into some of the corrective exercises, it all sounds like PT, it sounds like physical therapy. All right, I need to do 15 of these every day, I need to do 25 of these, it sounds like a medical prescription. And only the most disciplined people buy into that and end up doing it. Hey, did you do what I need you to Yeah, no, I forgot. I was like, it takes five minutes, dude. Like, but they don't buy into it. When people see the results and they feel the results immediately, like, oh, wow, like mm-hmm. I feel so much better. All right, we'll just take five minutes and do these exercises. And they're like, yeah, I love the way if it makes me feel. I'm ready to work out. I'm ready to move. So, you know, obviously there's the things that we do that are obviously going to be effective and helpful, but they require a certain amount of devotion, time, discipline, all those things. But when people buy into it because they feel it immediately, you're not, it's not willpower. It's not, I forced myself to do this. It's like, well, I'm going to go do this. And obviously we want a lot of our training to feel that way. I mean, don't get me wrong. We still push. We still try to get as much out of everybody. There's a inherent value in that, pushing yourself past a certain point and challenging yourself. But mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to warm-ups, when it comes to moving well, then having something that people grasp onto immediately and be like, oh, wow, this changes everything, then that's, that's fantastic. And I think they've done a great job with that at Original Strength. Gotcha. I'll have to check that out. Um, what's the, where do you want to get a client to when they come to you, whether it's for weight loss or rehab or, you know, gaining strength? Um, is the goal to bring them to a certain point where they can then continue on their own or do you think there's always a need for because some of the stuff you're explaining seems somewhat complex is there always going to be a need for at least some level of assistance say with that performance training or a a personal Mm -hmm. trainer along the way or at least recurring to where you can continue to check in um i i feel like so ideally like the perfect client would come to us and maybe they've trained before maybe they haven't Mm -hmm. they come to us they and again, this isn't a perfect world. They come, they train with us. If they do the personal training on a regular basis, they start to understand movement really well. They feel really good. And from that point, we're willing to say, you know, a lot of times I'll say, well, why don't you move to our small group training, which is six piece people, but you don't need me looking at every little movement now. You move well enough. Mm-hmm. And we have people that go straight into our small group training. It's customizable and you know, our coaches are good enough to be able to see and correct and make sure that they're moving well. But maybe this person who's one-on-one is like, all right, you know, let me move into the small group training. I think I can do that. They get into it. They enjoy it. They like the camaraderie. They're not going to stay there 
just because, oh, this person's telling me what to do. I mean, they, most people do like that because they don't want to think when they, when they leave work, they just want to go and work out and yep. not have to put the thought process in there. They don't have the bandwidth, their brain's fried at the end of the day. They're like, ah, oh, just tell me what to do and I'll do it and make sure I don't get hurt while I'm doing it. Um, but past that, most people come in because they enjoy it, because they like the workout, they see what it's done, they want to keep making progress. And any trainer will tell you it's the accountability more than anything else that people are looking for. The knowledge that I have, the knowledge that most trainers have, I mean, even the most cutting edge guys, if it's all on, it's all on YouTube, it's all on the web, there's plenty of, inf that we're all about information now. Mm -hmm. We have more information at our fingertips than ever before, and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's overwhelming. And yeah, it's super overwhelming. So it's not like people can't go out and learn what we learn on some level. But, you know, for like, just like, I'm not, if I need a lawyer, I'm not going to go to law school and learn everything they need to learn so I can be, do that myself. Um, fitness is kind of the same way. You have, you know, you, if you come to a specialist that understands it straight up, you don't have to sit there, read through all the magazines, read through all the information, identify what you believe in, what you don't believe in, what you, and by the time you're done with that, you don't have time to work out anymore. You don't have time for everything else, you know, and as we all know, time's like the most precious commodity we have. You know, whenever, you know, we can always make more money. We can always get other things. We can never get time back. So back to your question, I feel like, you know, ideally it usually stops at the small group and then people start keep training and, you know, they, I think most of them are capable of doing it on their own, but they enjoy the camaraderie. They enjoy the guidance. They enjoy the fact that they're always progressing and then there's something new that we throw at them and mm -hmm. then something different that's given to them and they don't have to try and go out and find it themselves. Um, if people move to a point, like most people need someone to push them. You know, one of the things I always talk about is like, look, Usain Bolt's the fastest man on the planet. He's got a coach. He's got multiple coaches. He's got all sorts of coaches. Um, he's he's probably the most inherently talented person on the planet. But he, you know, like, and you can go across the board with any any number of sports and find those people. You know, Michael Jordan had coaches. LeBron has coaches. He has strength coaches. He has all sorts of people push. Speed coaches, like all these different types of things. You know, um, I was watching a UFC. Um, Israel Adesanya. He has a breathing coach. <laughs> You know, wow. and he says it's changed everything for him. Wow. So, you know, everybody can use some coaching along the way, and especially if they want to be at the top of their game. Now, your peak performance might not have to be with the not have to do with being the best at a sport, the best at a, you know, best at an event. But as a human being, as a person, you know, if your health is ideal, if you reach that high, a very high level of health, then one of the things I love about training is that if you get to a high level of health, not becoming overly obsessive with it, but get to like that, 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 that a certain level, then it, it positively affects every other part of your life. You're a better dad. You're a better spouse. You're a better worker. You're a better, you know, you have more energy for all those things. You have a better attitude towards almost everything, you know, and that's, and that's the beauty of it, right? There's, we always can work towards something. And so as long as the workout itself doesn't take over your life, you know, everything else tends to flourish around it. So that's the, that's the best thing about this. And that's what I always tell my coaches. When I talk to coaches, especially when you get into sales training, I'm like, look, 
we're not selling them a used car that they don't need. Yeah. We're, we're showing them how to live their lives so they can get the most out of it, you know, so that they have the energy to maybe get the next promotion and maybe walk into that next board meeting and act like they own it. And, or maybe like, you know, have the energy to play with their kids so their kids are happy or play with your dog and make sure they're happy, you know, any of those things, you know, it kind of fulfills that it start, you start to fulfill that potential that you have. And, you know, when you're in a position to help, help people fulfill their potential, not just in fitness, but every other aspect of their life, then, you know, what more could you ask for? You know, I had a client who lost a substantial amount of weight and, but the coolest thing was listening to his wife talk about, I never knew him when he was in this kind of shape. Wow. He's, you know, he has energy, he's exciting. I'm sure it entailed all sorts of other things that were positive in their lives as far as a relationship goes. And, and then even, and then his son, who was actually at the time a very good football player at one of the local high schools, you know, his son would be like, you know, cause I worked with his son a little bit instead of one of our coaches, he'll be like one of the coaches in our gym. He'd be like, man, I'm super proud of my dad. That's so cool that he did that. Wow. You know, I really respect that. And that's, you know, as a parent, how, as a parent with a teenage kid, like to say that your teenage kid says they respect you. I mean, that's like, that's a great thing, you know, to hear that, you know, it's not like down the road when they're adults and they're like, Oh yeah, I really appreciate that. Or mm -hmm. I, I wish I, it's like as a teenager, they say they respect them. So I think, you know, like I said, the, the, the effect, the overall effect that we have on people's lives, you know, that, that I think that's, that's immeasurable. And that's why I love what, we do what we can do and what we try to you know have everybody feel when they work out with us regardless of the level like whether i'm working with them on mma whether they're just coming in for fitness you know weight loss getting stronger mm. you know, i've got a lot of guys that are in fantastic shape but they're you know because of my background they're learning jujitsu they're learning um, mixed martial arts they're learning kickboxing and they're like this is a whole world i never saw before i didn't realize and it's really neat to learn something new yeah. And you and I both know that, you know, when you, if you keep learning throughout your life, you keep developing and you don't go stagnant. You don't like, you know, just get into this normal doldrums, everyday life type thing, especially if your job lends itself to that type of pattern. So, yeah, absolutely. I found fitness is, is so much more, well, especially you, you mentioned a really good point about the used car sales aspect of the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. I feel like there is that <laughs> where absolutely. people just want to like equipment I could just bang out you know at the lowest price possible a bunch of equipment but mm -hmm. it's it's really not about the equipment itself it's about mm -hmm. what you can do with the bar with the plates with the machines mm -hmm. um, to have a better life and right. you're so much more there's so much more longevity not only from a client standpoint but mm -hmm. also uh, into like psychologically intellectually emotionally mm -hmm. people keep you have so much more of a profound relationship with people. Absolutely. And you know? people respect that. And, people, yeah. and it's obviously it's not a relationship that you're hoping just for that moment to sell them something that yeah. they may or may not need. Mm -hmm. It's can I be a part of this person's life for long enough to make a difference in that time? And if they're with you long enough, they see that difference. And, you know, I have, I have clients who pay me a lot of money and every day they leave the session and they're like, thank you so much. I got so much. And I'm like, well, thanks for letting me do this and letting me be a part of your life in this manner in a way in a, in an industry where I can make a living doing what I love to do and helping people and still make a good living and, you know, be successful in a number of different ways. And that's like, you know, I can't, I can't 
stress how fortunate I feel every time someone I work with somebody and like a lot of these guys I get a little bit of a workout in and I and I'm show, showing them how to develop skills and these are highly successful people they can do whatever they want mm -hmm. and you know to be able to, to but to know that I'm helping them in this area of their life and then they're feeling they're like this is amazing this is a whole different thing to see like that wonderment and to sense that feel of like wow they're they're gaining a whole lot of understanding knowledge and then they start reaching these different training levels and these abilities and you see that happening it's you know you know I know parents feel that way with their kids I feel that way with clients you know regardless of their age and it's great to see them like you know if I see one of my like my one client Kim who's over the last year lost 117 pounds is an almost at her goal of like 120 I believe Wow! to see her live a completely different life now to see her go through her days like walk in show up in class and be the baddest person in that class because she just been grinding it for a year and working hard mm. and having other people who are new in that class look up to her when I know when she came in what what you know what she was you know how much how heavy she was and how hard she had to work in at first but to recognize wow she was able to grind it out through the pandemic through all of those things you know keep working and hit her goal she's getting really close and I told her we're gonna have a big party when you do hit that goal and she's like oh yeah we are absolutely we're definitely having a big party and I just feel fortunate to have been a part of that you know yeah. and I know my coaches feel the same way and yeah. I'm always looking you know when I have somebody who sits in front of me considering our place for training you know now I have that person who I like I you know obviously I reference her and then I you know but also in my mind it's like I can make this difference happen. I know I can. I just need you to buy into the, to buy into the process, and I need you to commit to it and get into the right mindset and believe that you can do it. And we'll go from there. You mm -hmm. know, I, I've got the rest of this. Just I need you to I need you to like buy into the process and buy into the buy into what it's going to take. And yeah. it's not going to be easy, but nothing that's worth anything ever is. So, what is the key to that process? As in, you know, what do you find is the most motivating to get people to change because it's changing a lifestyle mm -hmm. honestly to get to lose 100 pounds for yeah, example absolutely um what's you know well anybody anybody in fitness or in type of any type of sales will say and honestly also within also in the world of like you know of you know life improvement in general any type of change that you're trying to make for the positive any type of um, alteration in your lifestyle day to day it starts with understanding why you're doing it mm -hmm. and your why you're doing it can't be I want to look good for the summer that's a very superficial thing yeah. and if I sit there and ask why 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 to someone over and over again until they get sick of hearing me and they finally say all right and obviously there's a level of connection that happens when they finally get really honest with me and they tell me oh well you know, I was out with my husband or I was out with my wife and I saw them kind of look at this other person who was in really good shape. And, you know, I remember when they used to look at me like that. You know, now you're getting super personal, mm -hmm. but that's where it has to go. Or maybe it'll be, you know, I was, I, was play, I was playing around with my son the other day and I used to I used to be in really good shape and I find myself out of breath and I realize that I'm headed in the wrong direction. What can I do to make sure I can keep up with this kid? When you understand, when you you know it's and that's part of initiating this relationship is finding out personally what is it that's what's the most important thing that's driving them and when they understand that and when they admit it 
you know, they might have come in saying, oh, I just want to look better for the summer. And then 20 minutes later, I just don't feel good about myself because of X, because of this. Well, if we can approach, if they can come forth with that and if they can, you know, vocalize that and say, this is why I can't do it. This is what I really want. Well, then I tell them, well, that's what we need to focus on because this isn't going to be an easy journey. And when it does get tough, when you do get, you know, if it's a weight loss person, when you get tempted to start comfort eating or doing all these things, you have to ask yourself, am I getting closer to that goal? Because that's what's important to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and a gentleman recently was like, I want to be around for my 13-year-old kids. I'm 50 years old. I'm not in great shape. I'll be around for my kids. I want to be able to see, I want, you know, they're going to want to do more things. I got to be able to do it, you know? And I was like, yeah. And they're going to eventually maybe have grandkids. You want probably most, most parents want to be around for that too. Yeah. So you have to constantly say, what's your why? Why is this important? And then really push them towards that goal. And the great thing about having a trainer, having someone there for you is like, they're constantly redirecting you towards that goal. Like, hey, is this where you want to be right now? Or is this next set of act, this next action that you take, is that going to help you towards that? And inevitably people fall off and they make mistakes. And then at that point, you know, a lot of people are of the all or nothing mindset, so they make a mistake. They're like, oh, screw it, I'm done. I don't need to do this anymore. And you be like, dude, that's just one decision. That's just one, one mistake you made along the way. Don't look back, look forward, let's keep pushing. I know this can happen. So you have to, it's, it's never just, it's not usually just the workout. It's almost the, always the mindset. Can I make sure that they're in the right mindset to go? And if they're in the right mindset, I don't care if they have 500 pounds to lose, they'll lose it. Mm-hmm. Because if they're in the, you know, they're in that right headspace to where they're not going to let anything get in the way of that. And that's the most important thing, I think. And that's, that's why, and that's part of when I meet a new client, you know, I, I reiterate it constantly that that's what's important. That's how you become, you know, and, uh, and, it go, and that goes for health, that goes for fitness, that goes for any aspect of your life, spirituality, you know, work, your career, any of those things, you know, why are you doing it? to make more money all right it's not happiness but yeah. okay you'll find that out pretty quick right you know are you passionate about this and then that brings about that motivation that drive i feel like and to be and i think that's the key is can you get them into the mindset that puts them into that process where this is what's driving me and i'm not letting anything stop me i might fall off every once in a while but i'm always going to come back to center and say this is what i need this is what i want yep uh, any difficult uh, as you were building edge performance training um, just from a personal perspective were there any difficult situations that you ran up against as you were bringing the business to where it is now mm-hmm. um, any personal stories you can share about just being a business owner and developing that business and yeah, it being it's, rough you know it's I think the hardest thing is you know obviously like I mentioned earlier there was a failed partnership I think you know, I think more than anything, and again, it's a, a mistake I made more than once and hopefully won't make again, but it's this process of understanding, under, you know, getting into this process of knowing that, like, you know, this is a business. We have a very interrelational type business where we build relationships with people, we build relationships with other trainers, we become friends with people. Um, and I feel like the most important thing in this process is you still have to treat it like a business. There's a lot of verbal agreements that happen. Mm -hmm. Well, there's also a lot of disagreements that happen down the road and 
relationships are destroyed because people perceive things differently. You know, if you've ever done any type of study on human memory, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, eyewitness, eye, eyewitnesses, like multiple ones will see 10 different, 10 different people will see 10 different things and recall them different ways. Yeah. So, you know, for the sake of friendships and relationships, I think it's super important. You know, you do get hard in copy, like, gone over by a lawyer type agreements down when you make agreements especially partnership agreements especially uh you know different you know anytime you're doing anything with you know potential business partners or people that you're joint venturing with or other people other business owners in other industries when you you know lay out the expectations lay those things out uh a lot of people glaze over those or just kind of don't worry about it because oh we're friends we'll understand each other's like that's a great way to make sure that that friendship doesn't last through that process. Yeah. Because if as soon as there's a misunderstanding and if you don't agree on something, then all of a sudden there's a problem. So sure. I think that's a big part of it is treating this like a business and being, being a business person, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of trainers like, Oh, this, my business is different. We, we go on. It's like, no, it's a business. Yeah. And the law is going to look at it like a business and, you know, God forbid you have to do any type of litigation, but you know, there's a very specific things we put into place and let's make sure that, you know, you're covered on all those areas. Yeah. So that's a, that's, I think that's like one of the most important things to do when you're going through this and, you know, building your business and just make it part of the, make it part of the process. And it's not, a, you know, you want to have to give it a second thought and you won't have something come around and bite you in the ass later because you didn't do it. Yeah. Um, just on a lighter note, um, have you ever run into situations with training clients where, you had something, something or somebody go completely off the rails, a bad, I'll just call it a bad customer experience. Fortunately, not a ton that I can recall. Um, usually what tends to happen is people, like I said, we, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever really had clients, you know, people, most people for the, people for the most part tend to be non-confrontational. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've had disagreements with clients before and had issues with, you know, certain things. And it's just like, in the end, I'm never the one per- I'm like, you know what, this, maybe this isn't working out or, you know, but more, I don't even usually have to say that. They'll just say, all right, you know, I'm, I, this doesn't work for me. I'll be like, that's perfectly fine. I apologize if there's anything we did, but you know, I'll do my best. And I'm pretty easygoing. Yeah. I'm pretty laid back. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not super confrontational. Um, so I'm just like, Hey, I'm, it's not worth my trouble to make any, you know, to make a point with somebody or make somebody feel bad because they did something bad to me. Yeah. That's great. But I'm just like, look, it's way easier. Just let things go and be over and be okay with that. Now, if I can do that more with my driving, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be a lot better off. <laughs> But that's a lot of people. Yeah, but that mammalian, mammalian brain kicks in and, oh, you cut me off. Are you so angry? And now that's so. I was like, oh, pull over. Oh, no, it's not. And like, wait a minute. And they, they just, they pro- and you know, I try to become a lot more like empathetic. Like, you know what? They probably just didn't see me. That was a mistake. How many times have I made that mistake? <laughs> just breathe and drag, get to where you're going. There's no reason, you know, but. And for the most part, you know, you, that's it. But if you approach everything in that situation, try to empathize, try to sympathize, try to be like, all right, I know where they're coming from, or I have some idea where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So I try to understand them, and most people appreciate that. Gotcha. That's awesome. Um, when you were 
you said you were doing Muay Thai, mixed martial arts mm -hmm. training for a long time. Um, any celebrities or really cool people you were able to meet during that? Oh, well, I mean, my original gym out of Athens, um, Forrest Griffin was the light heavyweight champion for a little while in the UFC. So, nice. you know, I consider him a good friend at times, you know, I haven't hung out with him in a while, but he was a training partner coming up. We actually started training right at the same time with the same coaches, Adam and Rory Singer, who were out of Athens, and they've had plenty of very good fighters, a few champions as well out of their gym. Brian Bowles, who is, uh, I can't remember the, I think it was um, Bellator, IFC, I can't remember, but he was a lightweight champion for quite a while. Nice. I met him, I met him working at Walmart. <laughs> he was working in the freezers at Walmart and I was restocking. Wow. And he saw, he, I had one of my amateur fights on TV, on, on the video, because he wanted to see me fight. And then he was like, oh, you do that? He's like, well, me and my buddy Steven, we wrestled. I was like, dude, come on out. Wow. Well, Brian went on to be a pretty high-level champion in MMA. He still fought, he fought in the UFC for quite a while. Nice. Um, Steven fought a number of grappling <laughs> grappling championships and submission tournaments and did really well. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's really, really good. I met those guys at Walmart. Wow. I, they, were, they were working in the freezer at Walmart. Wow. And I said, hey, come into my gym over here at, in Athens. You know, it, the, so it's kind of neat to have known some of these guys coming up. I've got to meet a lot of different coaches and fighters along the way, too. Um, got to work with Steve Smith for a little while. As the, oh, nice. The season, right before his, season, his final season with Baltimore. Um, great guy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I've worked with other pro athletes before, but when you work with somebody who, you know, when you work with the elite of the elite, the guy, one of the guys who's considered one of the best of all time, mm -hmm. and you get to spend time with someone like that, you get a really strong sense of what it takes to be a high-level performer, someone who's the best at what they, one of the best at what they do. Yeah, um, amazing dude. I know. I think I he got a kind of bum rap in the press. He was he was so impressive, and a lot of fun, and a really good guy overall. And you know, I love the way he approached everything, and almost like the chip on his shoulder he had towards everything that he he went for. That's what motivated him. Dude, who a five eight a five eight five nine receiver yeah. that does what he does? Yeah, you know they're all supposed to be six five and like super tong long and have like super big hands and all those things. And like Steve was like a halfback coming out of college, and became one of the best receivers ever just because he was relentless. Yeah. Love that. You know, I love watching his videos. He's like he's just constantly going. Um, so I feel fortunate to have witnessed that, and you know you get to admire like man, that's that's a different type of person right there, and that's amazing to see that. So gotten to work with people like him uh, but that's those are you know those are the things where it's like wow it's neat to get to know people like that and realize like that's what a high performing individual regardless of the field usually that's usually you know and a lot of very successful business owners I've worked with whether it's commercial real estate whether it's you know different types of entrepreneurs you get to see them and see how they excel and you know you start to delineate those specific things that you start to identify those specific things that like are particular to those types of people yeah. and maybe try to emulate them on some level. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, people don't realize what it takes to be that kind of athlete. I mean, mm -hmm. the drive and the dedication. Yeah, for sure. But also the natural skill and ability mm -hmm. is, and the uh, work ethic. It's oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's crazy, crazy. Uh, there was a speaking of Steve Smith. I remember on the radio, somebody was relaying that one of the, when he was in special teams um, and he was going to take the kickoff and the coach knew chip on the shoulder attitude 
and what Steve would do, and they need they needed a touchdown. Yeah. So the guy walks up to Steve Smith and he goes, "Hey, you know, I I really don't think you're gonna be able to make this one, and you're certainly not gonna be able to, you know, go for seven. So you just need to kneel it out." And Steve was like, "Are you kidding? No freaking way!" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, no, no, really, honestly, you're not gonna be able to do this." He's like, "Watch me." Yeah. He takes it for six, yeah. <laughs> all the way down the field. Yeah. You know. It, yeah, just the fact that somebody can go off of that. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a he's part of that group of people that's just like that have that level of competition and that that you know that that in their blood they they just know they're gonna make this next play or they're gonna make it happen yeah. somehow. And in his life, he's gonna make it happen somehow. And he you know as we had some discussions as how he was with his business, you know, his future business ventures and mm-hmm. what he wanted. So yeah, a lot of fun to work with that guy. The, the fact that, I mean, it's this, it's almost like the stuff they do even after being an athlete, especially if they're really business-minded, is just, it's even even oh, more it, impressive sometimes yeah. than their oh, yeah. real it sets adventure. Them up. You know, um, Herschel Walker, everybody knows who Herschel Walker was, University of Georgia, Dallas Cowboys. Um, but most people don't realize he's one of the biggest distributors of chicken in, in Texas now. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I believe that's the case. <laughs> I, I may have gotten some of the details wrong, but I, it's one yeah. of those things. He has a tremendously huge, he has an amazingly huge business that, like after the fact. So, wow. So, that is amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, so uh, just to, I'll, I'll cl- kind of close it off here. So we've got, training packages with edge performance training um we have equipment packages that we offer with them and then training sessions um i think we've got four eight one month and two month training sessions with these guys and uh dan's just an awesome coach and their whole team is uh pretty incredible as you can hear so i love the training methodology that you're using and uh everything behind the mm-hmm. the methodology you're using for edge performance training it's it's just it's refreshing to hear that that you're mm-hmm. actually you care so much about the the coaching staff mm-hmm. a lot of these a lot of the commercial gyms just don't they don't do that at all right it's yeah. you got your cert you're good for the yeah. next 10 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah not so much you know yeah, yeah. and uh I, I love that you're you're just approaching it from a different way so oh, thank you. yeah but um we appreciate dan coming Absolutely. by yeah and uh we'll hopefully keep partnering on Absolutely. all this stuff definitely so thanks for coming right. by, man. Absolutely. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you for listening. Please give Freedom Cast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot to our business. Plus, it's fun to read y'all's reviews. See you next time.